Hello, welcome to the Cornish Soccer Friday fixture. I'm Dave Deacon, and with me is Mark Rappo Rapsi. Hi there, Rappo. Hello, Dave from from Bonnie, Scotland, mate. Ah, I was going to say, I was going to tell our listeners that you're not actually with me. So, so where exactly are you? We're 500 miles apart. 513 <laughs> miles apart. <laughs> could, you, um, could you not have gone any further away? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, East Kilbride, mate, um, which is sort of a nice bit of Glasgow, basically, mate. Ah, right. So, so where's, yeah. that in, where's that in relation to Cody Cook? Yeah, Cody, well, Cody's not too far away, mate. He's in Paisley, St. Moran, so they're based about... Well, probably about, only about twelve miles from here, mate. Right, right. Yeah, I was going to actually do. I was going to. I said to Cody, well, I texted him last week and said, you know, I'll try and get him watching, you, you know, play and that. And he said, oh, yeah. And then um, he said, let me know when you're up. You know, we'll try and catch up. And then uh, he got injured. Yeah. So. Well, what's, yeah, what's so, he actually done? Hamstring. Um, oh right. Okay. So. Yeah, he reckons probably New Year now before oh, we sort of back. That's a yeah. shame. That's a shame. Yes. Yeah. And you've watched Celtic earlier in the week? Yeah, last night they beat Motherwell 3-0, gone back to the top. So Rangers drew at Ibs and uh, Celtic beat Motherwell 3-0. So all the goals in the first half. So um, decent atmosphere today, about 45,000 there. Not quite a sellout, but, but decent, mate. Yeah, right. OK. I so, went to uh, yeah. Air United today, Dave, actually, mate. Yes, yes. Uh, had a cup of tea with the chairman, I see. Yeah, I did, mate. Yeah, I ended up, um, <clears throat> excuse me, mate, did my usual sob story, Dave. You know, he said I was up from Cornwall and everything, <laughs> travelled up from Cornwall, and um, said, Is it right to take a photo? And he said, Oh, yeah, come in, I'll show you around. So I had like a 25 minute tour with the chairman, mate. Ended up having a ham sandwich and a cup of tea in the boardroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Well, yeah. you're doing your bit for uh, the the uh, Scottish Cornwall um, connections there, aren't you? So that's it, that's it mate. Celtic connections. Celtic mate. connections. That's <laughs> right. Okay, so um, let's crack on then. Now, first of all, we've we've got interviews, predictions, a bet of the week, and and can I also just say thank you to all that listened last week's uh, episode. I doubled the number rapper than the week before. Well, excellent, mate. Oh, yeah, thanks very much to the listeners, mate. Yeah. It'd be nice if we can keep doing that every week, mate. Yeah, we had 20 last week and 10 the week before. <laughs> I listened to it twice, mate. <laughs> and I did, uh, hang on, I did eight times. Anyway, let's not go there. Uh, also, from last week... Um, you might remember we mentioned where was Jim Hilton um, or was he still yeah. manager at St Morgan? Well, I've had someone get in touch with me and no, he's no longer at St Morgan. They've got a young manager called Ash Bicknell running the team and uh, oh. Jamie Phillips running the youth setup. So it sounds as if they're bringing in a bit of young blood there at St Morgan. So well yeah. done to them. Yeah. OK, so let's kick off as uh, we... Uh, Talk to the lads at True City FC Updates Twitter account. Um, they're not uh, officially connected with the club. It's uh, Cam and Josh. And, uh, well, Josh thought perhaps the 4-0 last Saturday against Western Supermare was a little flattering. We breezed past them, but I think 4-0 was a bit harsh on Western. Probably 2-0 would have been a fair result. Didn't have a lot going forward, to be honest. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm surprised you said 2-0 would have been perhaps a, a fairer result because 
you, have you seen that that Western they've sort of offered to refund the supporters? Haven't they? For the yeah, they have. I saw that um, this morning. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the game itself, two from Dan Rooney and two from Tyler Harvey. Um, what were your thoughts about it, Cam? Um, I thought we were brilliant. If I'm honest with you, Dave, I thought we were superb. Um, controlled the game from start to finish. I, I, Western, I think. I agree. In some ways, I agree with Josh. I think four 0 flattered us a little bit, but. Overall, it was really good performance, and they put on a show for the fans back at Tree Road. Yes, because of course the game—you uh, hit it on the head there. The game was staged at Tree Road in Tour, the first proper home game of the season. And um, firstly, Josh, how, how do you think the game went being back at Tour? I don't think it was that great of a success, to be honest. Oh, why? We didn't have, we didn't we didn't really have a massive crowd. We only had about was it two fifty. 255? Yeah, 255. That's the official gate. Yeah. So, so what, how many would you have expected? Um, if we promoted the game well and didn't raise admission prices to £15, probably expect around 500 considering the weather and the day. Right. What about you, Cam? What so, do yeah. you think? Well, to be honest, to have 255 in those sort of conditions is, I suppose, you've got to be happy with it, really. But and so I agree with Josh overall. Yeah. If, if it was better advertised and. Um, I don't want to like slag the club off, but obviously the outside the ground, it still said the next ground was Oxford United. The next game, sorry. So um, it's just little things like that. If that was may, might have been a few more, but obviously the weather wasn't great. But overall, they missed out, didn't they? The people who didn't turn up, they missed out on a really good game. So that's true. That's true. So can we can we look at playing at home in the league in 2019? There aren't going to be any t- turnabouts, are there? Do you think, Josh? I don't think so. I think the first game is scheduled to be the. Eighth against St Albans Tuesday mm-hmm. night, and then obviously, hopefully, more games after that. But all in the same boat. We don't really know what's happening, to be honest. Right. Okay. So, so uh, perhaps we could ask True City to crank up their PR a little bit. Uh, moving on, then, um, Cam. Right then, who's up next in the way of opposition? Uh, we face Wealdstone at Plainmore on Saturday. Obviously, from London area. Very good side, been around the National South for a long while now. Really good side, and as I said, they'll cause us problems. A team that we haven't got the best record against. Uh, I'm sure Josh is going to fill us in with some stats on that. Uh, Well, in our last five games against them, we've lost four. With the most recent loss coming this season, away, losing 3-0. right, so (laughs) team we always lose against. Yeah, not sounding too... uh... You're not giving me the right vibes here tonight, guys. You know, I need <laughs> something better than that. Uh, um, have, have we? What about Truro itself? Have we got full squad to choose from now again. Harvey and Nick Grimes will be back from obviously being cup tied against Western. Louis Rooney returns to full training on Thursday night. He should be back. Ben Arden should return after making the bench on Saturday. But Jordan Cop is still injured, and he will be until about January, February time. With a back problem. Right, OK. I was going to ask what, what his problem is. He's been out... Um, well, how many games has he played, Jordan? Not very many, is it? I think his last appearance was against Hungerford in right, August. Exactly. So, a long, long absence. OK. Um, yeah. Now, after Wealdstone, um, we'll come back to that one in a minute because, as you know, I always want a prediction from you guys at the end of, the, <laughs> at the end of this uh, little t- clip. Um of course, Boxing Day, Torquay United. Now, Cam, is that Truro's home game or away game at playing more against Torquay? It's Truro's away game. Away game, right. Okay, yeah. so so whichever, I guess, 
we should expect quite a good crowd, shouldn't we, Josh? Uh, yeah, we should, obviously. They get about 2,000, 2,500, and with it being a derby game, we'd expect about 2,500, 3,000 in a game. So, well, by far, I mean, I've actually been quite surprised how big Torquay's attendances have been at Claymore, whilst Truro's have been tiny. I mean, I, I, I would have thought some of the Torquay guys would have gone over to or gone to watch Truro play on a Saturday, wouldn't you? There were a few did make, well, they did come to a few of the games at the start of the season and we weren't obviously performing at the time and the performances were pretty poor. So they just haven't bothered since. And a bit, hopefully now that we're having a good run of form and playing good football again, they might um, come back. But yeah, it's a shame. Right. And I mean, Josh, um, you're the Stato. Got anything for this one or uh, for Torquay against Truro? I mean, not including Torquay's game um, on Saturday, which is against Hampton Richmond away. They've won five out of the last five, scoring 15, conceding three. So, very formidable opposition. Top of the form table, top of the actual table. And under Gary Johnson, they're unbeaten in the league since he took over. Mm, he's done quite a good job, hasn't he, coming in? You'd expect, yeah, you'd expect it from someone like him, the really experienced yeah. manager, isn't he? So. Yeah, good one. OK, so I doubt if there is much other news this week, is there, so far? Not much occurring, to be honest with you, Dave, but I have got a uh, interesting... St- I gave you a stat last week, or a fact last week, about Weston. And you, told yes. me to get a, you told me to get a life. <laughs> You'll be pleased to know I haven't got one. But I have got a stat about Wheelstone. Oh, right. Come on, then. Come on. Then. Uh, uh, I All need right. a drum roll for this, but I haven't got one at the moment. All right. Go on. I've got two. They were the, would you believe they're the first ever club to achieve the non-league double, winning the, both the FA Trophy and the Alliance Premier League, which is the equivalent of the National League, in 1984. Right, okay. And they're also the first, they were part of the first ever televised football match in 1946 when the BBC showed part of their league match against Barnet. Oh, right. So I wonder why they chose them then, whether it was close to London or not. Yeah, I'm not sure, but there's two interesting stats for the facts for you. Yeah. Have you got this book coming out for a Christmas present to people, all these interesting (laughs) facts? I need to find a few more before I publish it. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you, just for you, Dave, I'll send you a copy. All oh, right, thank you. <laughs> What's your sort of thought of the week? Anything? The big, obviously a huge win, putting a lot of the tr- fans at Tree Road who haven't seen the new team, seen us play some really good football, exciting football. And obviously I think the draw to Stockport in the next round of the trophy, uh, that's a really good draw. Cool, and yes, it's a long way, but that what a accolade and what a chance for Truro to prove themselves against a... I know they're the same level as us, but obviously ex-league side and everything, it's a chance to prove ourselves. Mm, that's right. OK. Right. Can't let you go without predictions. Two of them this week. Uh, Wheelstone home. What do we reckon on that one, Josh? Well, I mean, they haven't been in the best of form, but as I say, they're one of our bogey teams, so probably 2-0 Wheelstone. Oof, right. OK. Can? <laughs> I'm normally positive. Oh, um, I'm going to remain positive. Oh. Right. And I'll take them, honestly, I would have said it for the start of the season, I would have taken a point. So I'd say two all draw. Right, OK. So, so a defeat and a draw, uh, that's at home. So then, then we've got the harder of the two games, <laughs> Truro uh, at Torquay on Boxing Day. Cam, you can go first on this one. Uh, why do you have to do that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> got, to be, got to be positive and optimistic here. It's a huge game. Um, I'll say we'll nick it. 1-0 Truro, go on. Who's going to score? Oh, blind! That's even. 
Um, Tyler Harvey, yeah, why not? Right. Actually, no, I'll change that. Obviously, ex-talkie man, Noel Thompson will have a long-distance strike. <laughs> Wind-assisted. Right. Wind-assisted, yeah. yeah. And, and Josh? I'm going to say one all for that game. Nah, that, that's, we'll get a point. I'm, I'm surprised about that. You, you've gone from Wheelstone to beat us and, and uh, for talk, uh, and for Truro to nick something from Torquay. Right. So, well, yeah. we'll wait and see. And uh, thanks very much, guys, for coming on. Cheers, Dave. Cheers, Dave. Thanks. Your Cornish So there we go. That's our two uh, resident Truro supporters, young lads. Um, I was at the game, obviously, commentating for Peer and Films. And I don't know whether you've seen any of the, the film action uh, rapper, but I mean, I thought 4 0. Well, both me and Steve Massey, uh, who was summarising, we thought, thought it could have been more. Yeah. Yeah, from what I saw, I, I agree with you, Dave, actually. You, you and Max, mate, yeah. I, I mean, Tyler sort of had a penalty save, didn't he, for, for denied him an hat-trick as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was a really good, uh, comprehensive victory for City, mate. Just a shame that the weather didn't allow more people to uh, come and watch, uh, but never mind. Cause... Yeah, we was a bit short, weren't we, on our... 3.30 prediction, mate. Was it 2.55, was it? 2.55 was the official attendance. Yeah, you said 3.30. I was going slightly lower than that, but um, but, yeah. but uh, neither of us that close. But uh, there we go. No. We never, we uh, learn for next time. Yeah. Well, okay, so um, as I touched on the weather, last Saturday was uh, almost a washout. Um We've got Phil Hiscox coming on now from the South West Peninsula League. He's the secretary, and I started chatting with Phil, obviously talking about the weather. This time last week when we spoke on the podcast, I was suggesting that hopefully the weather forecast would be wrong, but it certainly wasn't, was it? It was, uh, it was one of the worst Saturdays we've had for, well, certainly this season, um, and brought back some bad memories of last season. Yeah, yeah. I, I, when I was just listening back um, the other day, and I thought... Ah, Phil Hiscott's got that weather forecast slightly uh, wrong, yeah. but obviously it's not you, it's the Met Office. Or Where, where do you take your forecast from, anyway? Uh, I actually, certainly for like when it becomes the severe weather forecasts and uh, protocol and things for postponements, I look at three different weather forecasters, <laughs> uh, the BBC, the Met Office and the Weather Channel, uh, and I also look at three different locations, Exeter, Plymouth and Truro normally, just right. to sort of get a rough idea of you know, the fact that sometimes Cornwall might get it earlier um, or it, uh, it might take longer to clear from one area than another. Um, so that, that's really, you, you can't, I don't, don't sort of rely on one particular forecast mm. for one particular location. Well, you can't, can you? <laughs> no, no. As has been proved. And, um, I mean, it, it's, it's that knock-on effect, isn't it? It's, it's like the Devon Premier Cup tie at Els, Elmore versus Holsbury. That's affecting more than just two teams, isn't it, this, yes, this yes. weekend? Yes, I mean, that's, that's now been postponed three weeks running, so we're in for a fourth week. Uh, Devon FA, before they've gone home for Christmas, have, have let it be known that if it's off again this Saturday, then it's Saturday the 29th. So although that doesn't affect uh, Boxing Day's fixtures, it would certainly still have an impact again. Um, and, of course, the week after, the first week in January, we're, we're into the other side of the coin with the Cornwall Senior Cup, yeah. where a lot of that takes the same precedence as well. Yeah. Did, did I see, um, uh, is the Devon FA the same as the Cornwall FA, presumably? They're taking an almighty break for Christmas. Uh, 
I, 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 I suppose that my understanding is, yes, I think most of them are closing on tomorrow, Friday the 21st, or today, now when you're doing your thing. Uh, a Friday, probably pretty well through to the new year. Um, certainly no no peace for the wicked in, in the, uh, the Peninsula League Secretary's household over Christmas for that sort of period, unfortunately. Yeah, because what, what are the sort of Christmas plans for any clubs that need to get hold of you and that sort of thing? I, I've always set, uh, been myself available, on, certainly on Christmas Eve up till tea time and Boxing Day from first thing in the morning. And Christmas Day afternoon, I will take calls on my mobile from club secretaries, but as long as it directly affects the Boxing Day games. Obviously, you don't want uh, somebody just phoning with a general query on Christmas Day afternoon. Um, but if you're going to schedule games on Boxing Day, then you've got to be available to deal with them. Do you get many people phoning you up? On Christmas Day? No, no, uh, generally. Oh. oh, yes, the phone never stops. What, what sort of things do they ask? Any silly sort of questions? Oh, I've had all, all sorts. Um, I mean, obviously, you, you get a lot of registration queries. That, that's a common one, and, and managers in particular are always very impatient to, to find out who Joe Bloggs might have to be registered for so they can put the seven days in or, or that mm. sort of thing. Um, so registration queries are a lot. A fair bit of fixture queries, um, although generally speaking, most clubs accept that... Uh, you know, when I come up with a date, that's the date it is, and uh, unless there's a very good reason, we don't as a rule change it. Um, but you, you get all sorts of queries for all sorts of things. Mm, okay. And going back to the postponement um, subject, I mean, any idea where we are in the numbers postponed compared to this time last season? I would imagine we're better off, aren't we? This we time are right? better off. We, we did over push, particularly in Premier and East. Where, oh, let me just get rid of that. Oh, that's right. someone phoning you up. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. Somebody's phoning me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Thomas the Tank Engine is a little tribute to my two-year-old grandson George. Yeah, he, he, uh, he appreciates my ringtones. Um, yeah, we 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 pushed Premier Division and the East Division uh, for a number of midweek games to try and get a good start on those. There wasn't as much of a need in the West Division because that's only running with 15 teams. Mm. Um, and generally speaking, I looked to ter turn the year at least halfway with the fixtures um, and Premier's already gone just past it. East and West are, are within a couple of games and hopefully, um, if, if not this coming Saturday, then certainly you've got Boxing Days and the 29th of December's programmes to, to get over the halfway mark. Um, but it, with the problem with fixtures is always that it's, it's some clubs rather than a, a general thing. You, you can get the the situation where, like we said, with the a county cup can be impacting a team that might be up on its fixtures, and you've got a, a, a spare date. But the law of uh, of you know what can sometimes mean that the, the the club affected is the one that you actually want to be back playing league games as quickly as possible. Mm. And d just one more sort of question on this subject. I mean, isn't it a shame that when you look at the league table, in particular the Premier, that there are so many clubs that have played so many different number of games. I know you can't do too much about it, but I mean, I was uh, talking to Paul Sidwell, Godolphin, and uh, looking at there, they've played 15. Camelford, one position above them, one point above them as well. And they've played eight more games. I mean, it's just such a shame that we can't get a bit of um, parity in that, isn't it? It is, but it's. <clears throat> a lot of it is to do with the cup competitions that they enter and, and they carry on with. Um, I'm, I'm a quick look here at Godolphin. Of course, Godolphin, I'm just looking here. They, they played uh, Portishead and Sidmouth in the Vars. They uh, 
they didn't get a bye in the Walter C. Parsons, so they spent a Saturday playing Callington in that. They've uh, obviously spent a Saturday playing Saltash in the Senior Cup and St. Austell in, in the next round of the Walter C. Parsons. So they, they've had quite a few. And, of course, only last week they were, they, they were off, postponed. And the week before, I know they were postponed when they were due to be at home to Plymouth Argyle. Uh, and then you get uh, Camelford, where... They really, let's be bluntly honest about it. They've hardly played a cup game all season. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a rude sense. It's just that they they didn't enter the FA Cup. They got beaten in the first stage of the FA Vars. They got beaten in the first stage of the Walter C. Parsons. Um, so their only cup win has been a Cornwall Senior Cup win. Yeah, and actually, if I remember rightly, last last season, Camelford were at one stage quite a way behind, weren't they? With they, they were. I mean, certainly, it was a club this season where I have. Uh, tried to push in the, the floodlit fixtures to get them uh, ahead of particularly of home games because uh, Trafu Park d- did suffer more than most last season. I mean, a lot of clubs suffered very badly, but uh, uh, we have a, a, I have a little little joke about clubs beginning with the letter C um, and drainage, and uh, certainly Camelford, Callington, Columpton, and even Crediton in the East Division. Uh, I don't think any of them would claim to have a great track record of, of playing in the wet, although I'd have to say Columpton's drainage work that they've done in the last few years does seem to be paying some dividends. Mm, good. OK. And uh, I, I'm assuming you didn't go to a match last Saturday? No, no. I mean, I had a, a little uh, little uh, trip to the, to the uh, Royal Devon Exeter Hospital on Friday, which left me a little bit second-hand, and uh, I was tempted when Alfington claimed to be on uh, first thing in the morning that I might just have something very local to go to, uh, but then they, uh, they I, think, I think the rain arrived here slightly later, and they made a slightly early call, uh, so when the rain truly arrived in Exeter, they soon had a, another look at the pitch and, and called that one off. Um, and I was half tempted by Marjons, uh, and in some ways I got a bit <laughs> lucky by, by not being tempted by Marjons. Yes, there we were <laughs> saying that was uh, pretty much oh. a certainty to be played, and it, I don't know what time it got called off, about two o'clock or whatever. I had to chuckle to myself when I saw it come through yeah, on the message. Yeah, I mean, I, can under, I had a little bit of a, a tit for tat with, uh, with uh, uh, one of the management at Penzance. Uh, I, I'm sure it was all frustration, but mm. uh, he was suggesting that perhaps they should have had an inspection earlier in the morning. But uh, I don't think anybody in any logicalness would have thought in any or been in any doubt that that game would go ahead. And I don't think any referee in the morning could have possibly gone up there and said a, a 3G pitch is going to be waterlogged in the afternoon. <laughs> um, and it's, it's really unheard of. Yeah. So, what are your plans for this coming Saturday, then? Uh, this coming Saturday, a, a little earlier trip, because a, a second club after Launceston and their floodlight dilemma, X-Math have got a similar floodlight dilemma. It's not a question of the poles falling down, it's a question of them not, the lights on them not actually working very well. Uh, so, X-Math Town versus Bodmin Town is a 2.15 kickoff, yeah. uh, And I fancy a little, little train ride down to Southern Road. Uh, uh, obviously, Exmouth are a very good season, uh, and Bodmin—they're a, a well, a very odd team to watch. I, I've certainly, when I've seen them this season, I've seen them beat uh, Tavistock seven-two and were absolutely superb. And I saw them lose not that long ago to St Austell in the League Cup heavily, and they clearly weren't superb. Uh, mm. So it'll be interesting to see which, which team turns up. I think, it's, as they say, as as you just summed it up, which team turns up on the day, isn't it, for Bodmin? Yeah. Yeah. Exmouth, though, um, they're sort of coming under the radar slightly, haven't they? They've only lost two games. so Yeah, Kevin Hill has done a fantastic job there, mm. to be fair. Um, he 
had his first step into management last season. He went to, to Budley Solterton uh, in the East Division, which obviously is just down the road from Exmouth. Um, and Budley, the year before, had survived relegation by getting a draw at Exwick Villa on the last day of the season, and he took them to third or fourth in the East Division table last season. Uh, so he, if you're talking about young up-and-coming managers, there's a, a player with a, a tremendous track record um, who's clearly seen to take to it like a duck to water. Um, also, the thing at Exmouth is because their defensive record is the best in the entire league. Yeah. It is definitely only 40 they've conceded, isn't it? It is definitely only 14. We, we, a little in-joke <laughs> with me and Mr Deacon. Every every Sunday morning there's a, a very passionate Exmouth Town supporter who, who gets most irate that the non-league paper has one goal wrong in the goal difference, uh, goals conceded. Uh, it, it's not replicated by either the stuff that Dave Deacon sends out or, or the stuff on the league website, but... Uh, uh, hopefully the non-league paper will correct itself one day. Hopefully they're listening to this, Phil, and they, they might cotton on to it. But, uh, I, yeah. don't know, I don't know where they're getting it from. but uh, I, 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 They've clearly had a league table somewhere, somehow, that had it with one goal out, or they, they've had one goal on somewhere, but it, it very much is a phantom goal, isn't it? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> OK, and I can't let you go without... Um, Firstly, mentioning restructuring, I like to ask you a question each week because yeah. it keeps you on your toes and, and it makes me uh, aware of what's happening. Um, presumably for those clubs who end up at the bottom of the current uh, Premier um, yeah, Premier Division, they won't have any problems, will they, staying in the Peninsula League next season? No, no, no. I mean, what, what, what the FA have said is, is that uh, every club at Step 6 this season is assured of a place at Step 6 next season. And likewise, um, your clubs in East and West, uh, certainly it'd be worth making the point to like a Liverton United or a Ludgeman at the bottom of East and West, um, as long as they can see through the season. And, and they're both doing a tremendous job in, in doing that now after some earlier season troubles. Um, the fact that they are at Step 7 will assure them of a Step 7 place for next season as well. Right, OK, Thanks for that. And uh, very quickly, Boxing Day, what's your fancy for that one? Um, um, Do you go far or not? I, I don't tend to go too far, but again, the weather depends. And I'm, after telling you last week that the weather forecast might be wrong, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm, I'm wrong this time because the weather forecast is a lot better. Uh, at the moment, it's, it's looking dry and cold for the Christmas period, and uh, I know a lot of clubs play great store in getting their Boxing Day games on because mm. very often it's obviously the best crowd of the season. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm mildly optimistic that the weather will behave and that we'll get some half decent crowds. Um, and I might even, if the weather really behaves, be tempted by a little China clay double. Oh. I'll leave it there. Right. right. Mm. So venturing quite away. Well, there's one one little double that always appeals to me as long as let's say as long as the weather behaves. It's an Orstall, um and sticker is an eleven o'clock kick off in the morning, mm -hmm. which is the time when most of the games kick off. Uh, but our friends at St Dennis versus St Blasey, it's a two o'clock kick off, and uh, it, it's a nice convenient double. Yeah. Um, if, if, as long as the, the weather behaves. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks uh, again, Phil, for coming on. Um, no worries. We wish you the best recoveries with your op from last week, and uh, yeah, so many, uh, many best wishes. I'm, on... I'm a little bit sore and things, but I'm I'm well on the way to recovery. I'm fine. And uh, have a great Christmas with the family. And and to all your listeners, thank you, David. Thanks very much, Phil. Your Cornish podcast. I don't know whether you heard um, Phil's phone go during that interview wrapper, but that was um, it is quite opportune because we were talking about you know what calls uh, Phil gets uh, 
during the season. And guess what? That was Cheesy, Mark Vecchese, ringing him from Penzance, ringing him to find out how many yellow cards he'd got this season so far. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine Cheesy would have too many, mate, being a good, honest player like he is, mate. Uh, I think he was a bit concerned about missing out on the Boxing Day game or whatever, so um, he was he was checking up to see how many he's got. So that's the sort of calls he, you know, feels getting calls all day long, about, you know, from players, managers, and who knows who. Yeah, I, I thought that day, you know, I, I mean, it must be a tough job for Phil, mate, to, to juggle, you know, his peninsula fixtures with the respective Cornwall and Devon FA Cup mm. competitions, isn't it? It's, yeah. It must be a nightmare for him. So, I mean, even last Saturday, David. A game called off at Morgans on a 3G pitch. You, you, you wouldn't believe it, though, would you? No, I, I, I bet uh, even he, well, he hasn't got a lot of hair, but even he was pulling out the rest of it when he heard that game was called off, I bet. Yeah. And today, yeah, yeah and so, sorry, and today um, the news that I don't know whether it's reached Scotland yet, but Appledore have uh, advised uh, the league that they're withdrawing from it. Uh, I'll just read out a little bit of the official statement. The uh, the Appledore Club have cited player availability, which has affected the results all season, and especially the commitment to travel to play away fixtures. And of course, um, as we know, they've been members of the uh, well. They were in the old South Western League. Both you and I have played there, I expect, uh, yeah. and also in the Devon County League since uh, and in the Peninsula since 2007, since when it was formed. So, sad news. It is sad news, Dave. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got to be honest, mate. It, it was never my favourite away fixture. It was one I always looked for, actually, Dave. But uh, I hoped it wasn't in sort of like December or January. But um, yeah, it is a shame because you know, good old. I mean, they've been, as you say, been in the league years, haven't they? It's always a tough game to go up to Appledore, mate. They, they've had some good sides over the years, mate, haven't they? Yeah, that's right. And of course. Um... Oh, what's the striker called who used to play there before he came down to Farmouth? Andy Waddell, mate. Andy Waddell, that's right. He yeah, was... they had Dave Down in there as well, mate. I played with him for the South Western League 11, mate. He was a good finisher as well. Yeah. That's so... a good player. Though. Yeah, sad news, but uh, I guess uh, that's the way things are going. And uh, that will be sort of uh, um, obvious to everyone how managers uh, have to juggle as well. When we... Uh, hear the um, interview I did with Andy Avery uh, later in the programme so uh, we'll talk about that more later but um, let's talk to another um, manager in the South West Peninsula League uh, Godolphin Atlantic's Paul Sidwell um, he uh, took over in the summer and I asked him how he thought the season had gone so far for him um, it's been a season of ups and downs as you all know up to now um, been a bit of a strange one. Started out really well. Obviously, it was a new experience for me. Um, we sort of built a squad that we thought would be in a position to compete. Um, we were proven right until then. We, you know, we've had um, a horrific run in terms of injuries um, and also our disciplinary um, record has been awful. So we've had lots of bans, lots of injuries. Uh, lots of sort of quite significant injuries, actually. People like Phil Lowry, who uh, has got a tear on his hamstring, who's probably out till sort of end of January. Um, Scott Flanagan, same injury. He's coming back Saturday uh, with hopefully a view of um, getting a little bit of time. 
So he's been tricky. He's been really difficult. And then obviously you can add to that. Then we've not had any games for, you know, I think we played once in five or six weeks. Um, so it's been difficult. It is starting to come back together. We have signed a couple more players. Um, we, we, we've start, we, you know, a couple have left also. But we, we, we're, you know, we've sort of regrouped hmm. uh, and got ourselves hopefully back in a position where we can start to compete again. Because you've got a busy week ahead, haven't you? Really, with three games coming up. Uh, we've got two games. So we've got two. Uh, Mil- yeah, Millbrook uh, and then Newquay. Ah, so, right. I, I was including the Saturday after that as well. So. Uh, oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so we've got yeah. It's a bit. Bu- it's a busy. It's a busy time. We've got a lot of catching up to do as well. You know, we've we've got you know so, so many games behind now already mm. um, that you know there's going to be quite a few. I anticipate there being quite a lot of midweek games. Um, but you know that's fine. We're, we're in a better position now. I mean, you know, it's, it, I suppose it swings and roundabouts. We're a little bit fortunate that we've not had a game for six, you know, many games in the last six weeks because we've we've simply had so many injuries, and uh, you know, a few of those are coming back. Um, and we, you know, we're in a stronger position at the moment. Um, looking forward, however, we've still got to play lots and lots of games, and you know what, you know, that obviously bring comes with its own sort of yeah. problems as well. It's a shame, isn't it, when you look at the league table and um, it's so uneven in the sense of games played. I mean, you're there in 14th position, played 15, and then just one point above you, Camelford, but they've played eight games more. I mean, it's... Uh, it's crazy. It, it is, isn't it's it? Just, it's just crazy. I mean, I understand that, obviously, you know, it's difficult um, for Phil Hiscox and, the, you know, the team there to, to sort of get the fixtures right. But, I mean, you know, it just is what it is, unfortunately. You know, we've just got to accept that. Um, you know, it's kind of worked in its favour for us. The, the amount of fit games at the beginning of the season went against us. Uh, you know, we picked up all these injuries and bans, etc. And then we've had this sort of lull where we've not had a game. Obviously, the last two games have been cancelled, which hasn't helped. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's just it's just the way it is at the moment. But we're, we've sort of, we're sort of starting our season again. That's kind of, how we've reevaluated it. We've sort of got to a point now where we think we've got a couple of new players in. We've got a little bit of a new strategy in terms of um, how we're going to get through the rest of the season, really planning for next season. But ultimately, you know, we want to get back to winning ways. I mean, we've, you know, we've been on a, te- we were on a terrible run before the big break that we've had. I mean, there were signs that it was coming back against Tavistock. When we played Tavistock the other week, we got beat 3-2 by them. Um, to be fair, you know, I had... Four or five second team players playing, you know, numerous players out with injuries and bands again. So, you know, that was encouraging. Um, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit more confident about the whole situation again now. So, so do we know any of these players that are coming in, new, these new players? Uh, no, you probably don't. Um, one of them hasn't played for a couple of years, well, quite a while, but he's a, he's a good young player. He's played with a lot of the lads before, a chap called Jaden. Uh, big, strong, physical player, can play midfielder at the back. Um, another lad's a Portuguese chap um, who is, uh, as you would probably expect, a, a forward, um, a very attacking player, can play either side, left or right, and up top. So... Um, Another lad is uh, young Jake, young Jake Kinkling. Uh, been around the football scene for many years, but has not played for the last two or three, but has been involved in boxing, so he's going very fit and keen to get back involved. He's, uh, you know, a, a, a physical sort of terrier kind of player, can play midfield or at fullback as well. 
Um, so it's about what one of the, one of the things I looked at was was you know the talent in Newquay really. Instead of you know we had a couple of players from Plymouth etc. and a couple of players from sort of the clay country uh, and that's great. You know Joe and Jordy are still with us and have been massive for us. Uh, but I was you know there's a lot of untapped talent that has either got disillusioned with football in the past in Newquay. Uh, or for one reason or another, just you know, fell out the game. So it was about trying to find a couple of those back, really, who had the quality to come in and and do a job, and that's what we've done. Mm. And you mentioned Newquay. Well, as a town, of course, uh, Boxing Day is is a nice, tasty fixture, isn't it, uh, against Newquay? Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely can't wait. Newquay have been, you know, they've done fantastic. Tony's done really, really well. Uh, you know, he's he's sort of built a squad. Uh, that has, has put them in a position where they are at the moment. They've had a fantastic run. Uh, I know that they've got a couple of away boxing day, as we have, as most teams normally do over Christmas. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's almost like a cup final, that fixture. It, you know, it's, you know, can throw the, sort of the form book out the window, really. It's, uh, you know, they all know each other. They're all friends. You know, I go back with Tony, God knows how many years, 20 years or something, played with him in the past. So it's... Um, it's something I'm really, really looking forward to as an event, really, just as a whole event. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, the um, we've got to do everything we can to win. You know, it's the pride of the town, isn't it? You know, we want to be able to carry our heads yeah, high I mean, for the uh, until the next fixture. Because <laughs> as derbies go in this league, this is the one, isn't it? The two teams in the same same town is is uh, well unheard of at this level. Absolutely, and I think that you know it's, it comes with the history of having the largest ever attendance uh, in the Southwestern League um, many moons ago. Hopefully, we can replicate something like that again. I think that I think there'll be a lot of people there on Boxing Day. I think there's a, a bit more of a vested interest with the change that's gone on at the Godolphin, uh, the players that are back involved, the players that have moved from the Godolphin to Newquay, etc. I think there's, you know, I think it's a spicy one. I think it could be interesting. Um, I can't predict it. I don't know. I think we, you know, we're going to give it everything we've got and, and have a very specific game plan. And I'm sure they're going to be the same. Your Cornish Yeah, Sid having some, um, well, having a difficult time with the uh, injuries and and uh, suspensions and whatever. But uh, interesting that he can't wait for the uh, Boxing Day game, isn't it, against uh, Newquay? Yeah, definitely, Dave. That's a, that's a, as you said, mate. You know, that's a massive fixture in it I mean two clubs within the same town I don't think there's anywhere else in senior football in Cornwall is it that that happened so you know I remember was it 2008-9 season was it something like that I mean was there 700 odd at that game which is a league record I, I believe isn't it yeah that's right um, I just looked at the uh, figures before talking to you and that season, uh, Newquay Godolphin, 737. Um, and uh, so that was a good turnout for that one. So uh, let's, well, let's hope it's as many this time around. Yeah, that'd be nice, mate, wouldn't it? If they could get up, well, at least, even if they got to 500 day, I think it'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah, of course. Bragging rights for the town. Uh, at the moment, yep. Newquay ninth in the table, Godolphin 14th. So... Uh, and uh, well, Newquay sort of—they're the team probably uh, showing a bit more form, I guess, aren't they? So uh, yeah, yeah, Mac is doing a good job there, mate. I think. Yeah, be interested to see how they go. So uh, that's Boxing Day. Um, first of all, though, we need a bet of the week from you. Well, bet of the week, Dave. 
Um, you know we're uh, we, you know we won again last week, Dave, didn't you? No, I was waiting for you to tell me. Yeah, yeah, um, two wins in a row, mate. Right. I think the first week, yeah, first week we put on a fiver and won twenty four, and last week was a fiver and we won twenty six. So basically, we put on a tenner and one fifty. So we've got a nice little forty pound profit at the moment, mate. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so what what are you going to give us this week then? Yeah, it's um, I've, I've gone for a little four team accumulator this week, mate. Um, same as last week, actually. Do uh, three European games and a, and a Premiership game. I know you're going to turn your nose up at the first one, mate. But um, I've gone for Man United to win at Cardiff, mate, 11 to 20. Um, mm. I think with a new manager coming in, you know, Solskjaer and obviously Mourinho gone, thank God. Um, <laughs> I'm going for United to win that one, mate, at Cardiff. Right. Um, and then three European ones, really, Dave. Nothing exciting. Um, Atletico Madrid to win at home against Espanyol in La Liga mate that's 4 to 10 yeah. I've only picked these because they're sort of decent sort of prices really mate a bit of value for money uh, Juve Juventus home to Roma in Syria that's 5 to 10 I mean it'd be a tough game you know Roma I think it's one of the games of the season in Italy last year the year before 4-3 but <laughs> I think Juve got too much this season and, and uh, Bayern Munich to win at Frankfurt um, Bayern's been a little bit up and down this season mate form wise but I still think, you know, they're obviously the, the big hitter in Germany, even though they're second. So they're one to two to win that. And if you put a fiver on those four, David, 25 quid again. So try and stick to that sort of right. figure that we've had a bit of success at, mate, the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And, uh, well, as we say every week, obviously um, it is yeah. really more for fun rather than spending big money on them. Um, it's uh, well. It's, it's you got to remember. It's you got to bet safe, haven't you? Oh, without a doubt, Dave. Yeah, yeah. No matter how much I've won, mate, it's it's still a mugs game, mate. Uh, Every, uh, I can't stress that enough, mate. I hope a few uh, have been uh, backed it, though, mate. Won a few quid out of the Friday fixture, mate. Yeah, that's right. And uh, <laughs> it's a bet or a safe bet because you're the one put the money on, not me. Yeah, exactly, mate. I've sort of gone with. I thought, seeing I've told the punters about it, mate. I better put a fiver on myself. So <laughs> I've done all right the last couple of weeks, mate. I wonder if Westy would. Uh, would you reckon Westy's a gambling man or not? Uh, to yeah, Andy Westcott at Falmouth. Yeah, I reckon Westy would like a flatter, mate, with his football knowledge. Big games coming up for town. Um, they got Argyle Saturday. Then they got Helston away Boxing Day. Then they got Saltash on the 29th. Um, and I uh, I'd sort of suggested to Westy that um, those big games could, you know, hinge their season on what happens. Especially off the back of the run we've had, you know, if you take it back to October, you know, we had a tough, tough game against Nuki away off the back of the FA Vaz. Um, then we played Bobman away. Then we played Columpton away. Exmouth away. Tavi away. Tavi home. And now, obviously, Argyle, House and Soash. So, it's certainly been a, a testing period for us, um, you know, especially with people leaving the club, um, injuries. So, yeah, you couldn't have asked for a harder period. But, you know, it's something that we've um, we've been competitive in every single one of those games. And just unfortunate we haven't got the results that we wanted. 
Yeah, just remind me, have you played Argyle away yet or not this season? No, we haven't played them yet. Right, OK. Because, so, I mean, look at the form, recent form. Argyle just got loads of Ws for wins. And as you just said, uh, not so much for Falmouth. I mean, what do you put the, the sort of slump of form down to, Andy? Um, just one of those things, really, playing against tough opposition you know there's haven't been any easy games mm. like I said you know playing Bobman away you know it's never easy Clumpton you know they've been on out of a run you know really really improved um, and then obviously you've got the the twice playing against Haverstock you know they're, they're, they're tough games at the best of times and Exmouth away is probably one of the hardest games if you look at their their home record mm. um, so it's just one of those things really um, you know, we haven't been playing bad in those games, and I think if you speak to the opposition's managers, we've given them all a game. It's just uh, unfortunate we just haven't got a win. Of course, uh, Boxing Day, Helston away, 11 o'clock kickoff. Um, is it a good day to play or not, Boxing Day? Uh, depends if you win, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but from my point of view, um, from a manager and a player, I've always loved Boxing Day, I've always loved the game. You know, when I first first started playing I was fortunate enough to play in like the big fan of Truro games mm. and the crowds were always excellent and it gave you a real buzz and um, you know and that continued when I played for like Paul Flevin against you know Penzance or or against Halston you know they were always really big games and and again I was fortunate enough to play in the Godolphin Nuki game for Nuki and, and, that, and that was an experience because you know that was an unbelievable uh, crowd on that day so I just think there's something special about Boxing Day, and you know, as much as you love your family, it's it's a, it's a good day to get out and and, and get playing football. Run off that turkey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose that's the only downside you've got on it is is the condition of the boys, and you know, it's it's Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. It's it's two days of temptation, isn't it? So, um, you know, you've always got that to deal with. And also, uh, it seems to be over recent seasons of weather that it's it's been wetter rather than colder, hasn't it? So uh, that doesn't help. No, that's it. So it is a bit of a lottery on that case, and I think sometimes, you know, financially it's worth quite a lot to the home club. Um, you know, they try and get the game on the best they can because obviously it's worth a lot of money to them with the gate at the bar. So, you know, the pitches are always generally heavy. You know, I can't remember playing on a boxing day when the pitch has been immaculate. <laughs> No. Interesting you said about the Newquay Godolphin um, derby because I've already spoken to Paul Sidwell and and he, he obviously that's am I right in saying nowadays that's probably the, the best sort of local derby you can get in the Peninsula Premier? Oh, you couldn't be any more local if you tried, is it? You know, to have two teams within a town is quite unheard of really, isn't it? Yeah. So um <clears throat> I remember when I played there actually Glenn Hooper was the manager of Newquay and 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 we had a lot of players from outside of Newquay, really. So I suppose that probably give Godolphin a bit more of an edge mm. um, in the sense of they were the local team as such. Um, but it was great, the crowd. I think it was. I think at the time it was a, a plunge to a record. Even the, even the game on the Good Friday was excellent as well. And I think I think we actually won the league that day. Um, so yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was you know from an outsider, you know, playing in that derby, it was it was really good. And when I look back on them, fond memories, obviously because we won. Um, but you know. It was a good one to be involved in, like I said. But for me, the, the big ones have always been Falmouth and Truro. Um, but but the Falmouth Houston one is sort of gaining a bit of momentum and adding a bit of spice with you know Houston having a few ex Falmouth Town players and and obviously Steve's um, connection with Falmouth. So that's that's always been quite a good one as well. Yeah, it always helps having a few uh, 
uh, ex-players in the opposition, doesn't it? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we mentioned about strikers or, or players leaving. Um, how are you getting on with, the, you know, after Jordan Anir leaving, obviously a top scorer last season, it, it, it's, is it a case of sort of uh, readjusting what you've got there and, and, and moving on? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, I think if you took a goal scorer out of Jordan's calibre, you know, uh, you know, someone that scored 85 goals in 100 games, they're hard to replace. Um, and it was bad timing, really, because obviously with Jordan going, you know, we had Matty Buckham. You know, he's he's been struggling with injuries, with hamstrings. So we've effectively lost two strikers pretty much in you know, the close time. And, and obviously with Rob Wern last year doing his, his cruciate ligaments, Obviously, we lost Marcelo Jones to America. You know, we've lost, in theory, like four strikers. Um, but, you know, full credit to Jack Bowyer. You know, he's been excellent for us. You know, he's having to play a bit of a different role for us, really. Like, you know, last couple of games, we've, we've been playing one up front. And, um, you know, he's been excellent. You know, he scored some big goals for us in some big games. And, you know, and he's chipping away of his goals. And, you know, I think his target before the season was 20 goals or 25. And, you know, he's on course to do that. So... You know, we're not at panic stations because obviously Matty Buckham's not a million miles off, but you know it's not ideal losing losing players. Um, and like I said, with with Jordan, you know that is, it, it was a big loss, but he seems to be doing well at Parkway, I think. So, and, and not something you can do to step in his way, anyway, is it really? No, not at all. Like you know, he had a trial with um Tiverton at the beginning of the season. And, you know, and when you're top goal scorer in the league and you score a hat trick in a cup final, you know, people are going to take note and, and try and look at you. And, you know, and, you know, he's at a great age and, and he ticks a lot of boxes for strikers. And, you know, and I wish him all the best. And, and I hope he does well. And I hope he goes higher than Western League because I think he's got the, you know, the ability to go higher again. Great stuff. And final question you, you mentioned there a, a, a target for Jack Bowyer. Is that a target he set or, or you got involved in or what? Oh, no, I think you ask any striker that plays and I think they all have an internal target of like 20, 25 goals. And, and when we signed him, that's something he wanted to do. And, you know, me being an ex-striker and, and obviously a manager, I, you know, I would I would back him to do that. And, and to be to be a, a successful side, you need somebody in your team to score that. Um, and I'm just delighted at the minute that he, he seems to be on course for it. What was the most you ever got in a season? Uh, most I ever got in a season... I was more of a one-a-game man. I was never one of these strikers that scored five or six in a game. Um, I think I got 34 one year. Um, that poor Flevin, I think. Well, that's not bad. Yeah, so no, nothing to write home about. No, like, you yeah. know, 50s and 60s that they all get now. But I was still quite pleased with it at the time. But consistency is what it's all about, Andy. That's what I was, Dave. I was, like I said, I was always a one-a-game man. <laughs> OK, well, all the best for Christmas and best of luck. Brilliant, mate. Cheers now. Your Cornish podcast. I spoke to Westy about a month ago, I think it was, mate, and he, I remember him saying then, he said, we've got a horrendous run of, you know, difficult fixtures. I think at the time, Dave, you know, it was like Exmouth away, you know, he mentioned Alston, you know, Oregon, Salt Ash, I think that, you know, the Tavistock game the other week, you know, he said, horrendous run of fixtures. And um, his comment about strikers and goals, uh, obviously you're a former striker, did you sort of target yourself uh, how many you wanted to get each season? Yeah, I did Dave, yeah, it's 40, 40 was my target Dave, I, I always wanted 20 by Christmas and 40 you know, if I didn't get 20 by Christmas Dave, I was I was a bit gutted really, mm -hmm. you know, I had a bit of work to do but yeah, my, I always sort of set my target at 40 mate and 
touch wood, I was sort of made it most of the time. But but um, yeah, I think Jack Bowyer. I mean, I think Wesley said something about Jack Bowyer setting himself 25, but I think he's on about 18, 19 now. So I, I would have thought Jack would be sort of looking to be at around 40, to be honest, mate. You know, getting the service that he's getting from the likes of you know Tim Nixon and you know Luke Braven, mate. You know the great balls coming in. So I think he'll be looking to. You know, I think it'd be disappointing if you didn't get about 40, I think, mate. Yeah, well, you possibly have to revise those figures as he's obviously the the, uh, the uh, lone striker at the moment for for uh, the Bickland Park Club, isn't, isn't he? So, um, tough work for him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. Town versus Argyle Saturday. Um, let's now hear your Cornwall Combination League uh, Review from well, <laughs> two games played last Saturday. Yeah, it's not much a review this week. <laughs> I won't be boring anyone for too long this week, mate. It's um, I mean, just two games last week. I must admit, I drove home nine o'clock in the morning, mate, and the water was coming out the drains like day. So mm. I, I thought, you know, I knew some blazer would be off anyway, mate. Cause I was about half a mile from their pits, you know, and it was. It was horrendous, mate. But great, great effort to Alston and Ian Gregory. You know, Greg's at the Grange on the Ale for, for getting the games on. I mean, fantastic achievement, really. Um, Alston, mate, they, they had a sort of comprehensive 4 1 win at home to St. Just. But um, the team of the week must go to 15th place, Pendine. <clears throat> Excuse me, they still got that bit of cold from last week. Um, 15th place, Pendine who won 3-2 at fourth place Ale. Um, they were 2-0 up um, at half time, got paid back to 2-2, and it looked like there was only going to be one winner. <clears throat> but um, but Pendine broke away and won it with a late Chris Bullock penalty. Um, and we all know his goal-scoring dad, Perry, mate, don't we? Fresh yes. from his appearance on um, <laughs> something you spotted, Dave, I think, on Sports Personality of the Year, wasn't he? Sunday yes, night? that's right, as, a, as an England supporter, because he went across to Russia for the World Cup. So uh, he was invited up to uh, the programme last Sunday evening. So And it was good to see him. Yeah, yeah, it was, mate. Good to see him smiling and having a good night, mate, wasn't it? Yeah. But, um, yeah, but the player of the week, mate, um, striker Danny Earl, who... Incidentally, mate, I think um, Pending borrowed from Penwith Exiles for the day, mate. The Trelawney Premier League leaders, mm. Penwith Exiles. I think Danny's that's his, you know, normal club. I think, but um, Pending borrowed him for the day, and he went on to score two goals in that match. So, I think I've got to give him Player of the Week. Mm. Um, there's a few games this Saturday, Dave. I've, I've, I mean, some good games actually. You know, obviously weather permitting, but. I'll pick three out, mate. Um, I think the game of the day could actually be at Hale. You know, obviously, we just mentioned it in fourth place. They're playing league leaders former at Trevassic Park. Be a good one, I think. Another one, um, two experienced lineups will be um, Halston against the Luggan. I think that'll be a, a good game. And the last one, um, St. Just and Penryn. I think it's always a tricky trip to the Froda Park mate isn't it especially the Saturday before Christmas so I don't think he'll be getting many gifts from Steve Kerno down there mate No whilst we're talking about St Just um, do you think they've still got that, that that dodgy shower that you used to get the little electric shop from Oh I'm sure they have they are. I think they do it on purpose Dave didn't they <laughs> 
I was telling someone this afternoon about the about it, and in the sense that uh, no one used to rush to have a shower there, did they? They they let the new players come in and do it first and get the shock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen a few, mate. Yeah, I've seen a few shocks in there, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah, not um, not the most welcoming uh, place to go, mate. Especially with them. You remember coming up, you know, in the middle of the stand, mate, out of the change rooms, and they had their supporters either side sort of <laughs> shouting at you, mate, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Good, <laughs> good times, though, good times. Yeah, definitely, mate, good times. Not not for the faint-hearted, but um, it wouldn't, wouldn't have swapped them, mate, would you? Yeah, that's Brilliant. right. Right, OK, so um, thanks for that. Uh, that's the Cornwall Combination League. Now, that's... Um, hear from someone in the East Cornwall Premier League, the sister league uh, to the combo in, in the county. And it's uh, manager Mark Smith of uh, AFC St Austell. Now, it's been a quiet period for them. They haven't played a league game since the 14th of November. And um, they've got a cup game coming up this Saturday. And uh, I just wondered how quiet it had been for uh, for Mark. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a bit of a frustrating period for us recently. We've, we haven't played in just over a month now. Um, so it's hard to know how, how the lads are going to respond to not having that competitive fixture for a little while. But um, training's been really good for us over the last sort of four to six weeks. Um, and the boys are, are really ready for a game. So hopefully that will show in performance. Um, <laughs> Launceston's a really difficult place for us to go. Um since I've, since I've been manager there, we've um, lost twice and, and drawn one. Um, to, to to be honest, a team that's been sort of towards the lower end of the league um, in the last three seasons. So I, I don't know what it is about the place, but um, some, something in, in our in our heads. I think when we go there, that we we struggle to to get over the line a little bit, despite sort of dominating the game in most of the times that we've been there. So difficult one to predict, really, but. Um, you know, on, on paper, it should be a game that we that we should be winning. I hope, um, weather permitting, of course. But um, yeah, hopefully we can we can get it on and um, get a bit of momentum over the next couple of weeks. Given that we have now three three Saturday fixtures, which is something that we haven't had since October. So, it'd be nice to actually get a game this week and then a bit of continuity with some some fixtures coming up. But it's um, you know, it's 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 a it's a league club game. Um, so. With um, with with the other with with, with the team at the top of the East Cornwall, Salt Ash already going out. St Stephen's is a cut that we really um, would hope to to go a long way in, and, and you know hopefully give us some silverware. That is the the one thing that's been missing from our um, <clears throat> from our last couple of seasons, really, since I took over. So yeah, hope, hopefully get a win, but um, a, bit, a bit of an unpredictable one given the the history that we've had um, of, of fixtures up at Launceston. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you you touched on it uh, there a couple of times uh, that these call Premier League uh, as a league. Uh, I mean, it, it's quite a small setup uh, or two divisions. Uh, do you actually get enough games? Um, do you think uh, you know for a whole season, or, or would you like a, a more more teams in in each division? Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, there's, there's two ways of looking at it. What one is. The, the straight answer would be no. We, we don't. We don't get enough games. Um, Twenty-four league games plus cup competitions. Um, you know, it's, it's not really enough to be honest. And, and our, our, a lot of our lads have, have sort of signed on for Dutchy clubs, or um, you know, a few of them have represented the first team here and there, particularly last season. Um, and some of them, you know, given that our first team is very strong this year and we've got a strong squad, some of them have even signed on for. 
um, stick a first team to get to get some games there because I know they're a team that have um, that have lost a fair few players. So that's been a good experience for them. So yeah, it is very frustrating in that sense um, that, that we don't have that sort of um, regular regular fixture. So the boys have had to get some games elsewhere. But um, you know that's one of the reasons why we've applied for the for the new Step Seven League, which I'm sure you you're going to ask me about anyway. Um, <laughs> To give us a few more games next season, hopefully. The, the other side of the coin is that with my my new job role means that I'm out of the country for um, 11 weeks coming up after Christmas. So so actually it means that I, I don't miss too many games in that sense um, with the current setup um, in East Cornwall League. So looking at it on the other side, it is actually a positive from a personal perspective. But um, for the uh, for the lads, yeah, it's been a little bit of a frustration. So hopefully that that'll improve next year. Um, with with that new structure that we're hoping to move into. For those that don't know, what your what are you golf coaching in Portugal? Yeah, so, not not so much a golf coach for anyone who sees me play golf. No, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't concern people with that. Um, no, but, but basically, I'll, I'll be teaching, um, or I am teaching a, a sports science degree to um, aspiring professional golfers. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the, um, with the with the Cornish weather that we have, it means that we um, we migrate to Portugal for for eleven weeks from January to March. So. Um, so yeah, that'll be um, that'll be sort of where, where I'll be just after Christmas for a little period. So um, it's worked out okay with the fixtures. I, I only miss um, one or two, and, and I can actually fly back for a couple of others as well. Given that we're we're sort of allocated some breaks, so yeah, that's actually worked out all right in that sense. But um, yeah, exciting opportunity for me. A bit a bit of a different career shift, but um, yeah, should should be should be good, and, and hopefully get away from the. Uh, Cornish weather that we um, we used to during those months. And last year, I think. We, we played uh, once in, in 12 weeks during that period anyway. So, um, yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't like I'd be, be missing too much anyway. So, Plus the luck in that. I mean, if we very quickly look at your fixtures, uh, you've got one, game, one league game in January, one league game in February. One could say your season in 2019 actually doesn't start until March, does it? Because you've got some yeah, toughies coming you, up you, then. That's it, yeah. You could look at it that way. Um, I mean, it, I think in March we have... Um, I think three games in March, so March isn't too bad. But, um, you know, again, last season we, we didn't play between, I think, the 10th of uh, the tenth of December and then the 24th of February. So, um, and, and actually, when we came back into that game in February, we then um, went on, on a decent winning run after that anyway. So it's something that, that we experienced last year and we coped with it really well. So it's not necessarily a concern. It, it, it may also be that we, we actually have a fixture rearranged into that, spell in January and February anyway so um, it may not end up like that but I think with the weather anyway as I said it it may be that other teams are in a similar sort of position um, anyway and I think again um, a lot of our lads will be keeping fresh playing playing for other sides as well hopefully so um, yeah we we, we should be able to cope with that relatively well given that we experienced something similar last year so I I don't have too many concerns on that front. Okay, and one final question. I mean, interesting quote from you I saw on Twitter this week. Uh, the only thing missing from this photo is some silverware. 2017-18 yeah. about progression. 2019 is about winning trophies. So if you yeah. don't win anything, do you get sacked or what? Yeah, that's Jason Powell, the chairman, sat with me at the um, at the at the Step Seven meeting at the Cornwall FA headquarters. Our chairman and and he and he said if you um if if you don't get promotions this new league, you'll be getting the sack anyway. So yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll be, uh, I'll be I'll be I'll be migrating to Portugal full time if, if that's the case. But um, no, uh, it's it's just something that as, as a team we 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 feel like we're we're ready for and, and have got ourselves in the position to do. Given that 
we're still in both cup competitions at the moment um, and obviously we have a good chance of hopefully winning the league just two points off the top at the minute so um, you know when I took over it was very much about building a team that could, that was young and could progress um, and hopefully feed feed the first team which a lot of the lads have done over the last couple of years um, I know Salt Asher in a similar position which, which is great for the league in that in that you know we've got two two young sides um, who can sort of feed their first team Paul Perro in a similar position as well Matt's sort of freshened it up with some young players so um, yeah it's an exciting league to be a part of but I think for us, you know, it's just that one thing that's missing. We got to a cup final last year and, and got sort of overpowered by 12 points a little bit, um, runners-up in the league last year. So, yeah, I just think it's something that um, the, the boys deserve and, and we're ready for as a group. Um, but, yeah, you know, in all seriousness, if, if it doesn't come, it's not something that um, I'd like to think I'd be uh, I'd be scrutinised for. It's just a sort of personal and, and group target that we've set ourselves and something that I think... Um, we're ready for um, to, to make that next step, and hopefully, then, as I say, um, give us a nice um, platform to, to move on next season to that step seven league, which should be the um, the right move for us. So, looking forward to that as well. Your Cornish Yeah, thanks uh, for all Mark there. And oh, I, t- I tell you what, though, he's, he's a lucky old chappy, isn't he? Going off to Portugal for a few weeks. Yeah, it's not a bad job, Dave. Is it? Is um... You know, getting getting out of the way, mate, when the weather's not too smart. Yeah, mate, I think that's an excellent opportunity for more, mate. Isn't it? Yeah, that sounds like a job, mate, doesn't it? <laughs> we'll have to ask him where he recommends that we can all go for a golfing uh, week or something. Can't, um, yeah, we? definitely. I don't think he could teach you, though, mate. I've, I've seen you sink a couple of thirty-five <laughs> foot putts lately, mate. I've been on the end of them lately, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, <laughs> he's called Premier or the Premier Division um, it's an Austell second at the moment just the one defeat um, they're exactly halfway in through their season 12 games played uh, uh, so it's Sodash tops and Austell second Paul Perrell third and, and Tor Point the team that have dominated that league in, over the last few seasons they're in fourth so it looks as if there might be a change uh, as champions this season yeah it looks a lot more wide open like you say mate Tor Point have dominated Sort of largely, mate, on there over the last few years, but it looks wide open, doesn't it? This year, mate, I, I thought Mark would be quite optimistic, mate, because they were runners up in the league and the cup last year, mate, weren't they? So hopefully the Saints can go one better this season. Yeah, that's right, and I guess it's like everything, it's good for uh, the silverware to be shared around a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, mate. No, nobody wants a team to, you know, you, you I mean, you start to dislike a team based on you when they go on and dominate. So, um, yeah. yeah, definitely, mate. It's good good to see it uh, more competitive and shared around, definitely. OK, so it's that uh, section of the programme that we have predictions. Oh, thank no, you, mate. No, no. Did we actually get any last week or not? I was going to say, though, that... We, uh, the five games we've predicted, mate, three of them were called off. So, <laughs> in, in our defence, mate, in our defence, it's still nil-nil, mate. Um, oh, <laughs> but we, both, we got the scores right, mate. Not, well, we've got the result right, if not the scores, mate, in the games last week. I mean, we went for um, St. Stephen's Borough, mate, one against Paul Parrow. Yeah. Um, it was 5-2 to Paul Parrow, mate, with... Robbie Spencer have an hat-trick in that one, mate. But you went for 4-1, I went for 3-1. So mm-hmm. you're closer, really, Dave. And, and with the Sonostal-Nuki uh, game, it's a surprise that was on, mate. I mean, great mm-hmm. effort there, mate, from 
and to everyone at St Ulster get that on yeah. um, we went for quite a big sort of in favour of St Ulster I mean you went 3-0 I went 4-1 but actually it was a pretty hard fought 3-2 wasn't it for St Ulster Mickey did well yeah yeah that's right mm. you mentioned Robbie Spencer there Paul Parrell um, he must have scored a few goals as well mustn't he yeah, yeah, you always see his name. I remember in um, your Cornish soccer magazine, Dave, you did a you did a interview with a Paul Parrish striker. Was that that was him? Fisher or no, Robbie, that was that was Robbie Spencer. That was Robbie Spencer, yeah. was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember reading that one, mate. Yeah, good good interview that was. Yeah. That was I think last year, mate, wasn't it? Something. Yeah, last year, that's right. It? They're all good in, interviews. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, great magazine, mate. Don't, don't want to plug it, mate, but if anyone's not read Dave's Cornish Soccer magazine, mate, um, get to, you know, get hold of him. It's ASAP, because it's a fantastic read, mate. I know you're a humble man, Dave, and you won't want me saying too much about it, but it is a fantastic read, mate. Uh, you know, get hold of Dave, and um, I think you send it out, Dave, don't you? Yeah, that's right. So, so yeah. yeah. So get in touch. Right, predictions. So uh Southwest Peninsula League, Premier. I've chosen yeah. Millbrook versus Godolphin. Cool. Um shall I go first then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think this will be tight. They are actually man, I've been surprised with Millbrook. They've done really well, haven't they, the first season back in the Premier. Yeah. Um yeah, really impressed with them and obviously spoke the poor, didn't we? Had, um I think Milbert might nick it, mate. Uh, 2-1. 2-1, yeah. And I would tend to agree with you there. I'm, I'm not convinced that uh, um, Godolphin travel that well, although no. I could be shot down because I don't know what the actual stats are. But I'm going to go for a Milbrook win. Um, and, I mean, if you look at Godolphin's recent record, they've lost their last four games. So, uh, Milbrook... 3-1 uh, 3-1 okay mate okay East Cornwall Premier and it's uh, again I've chosen um, Tavistock versus Callington so uh, uh, yeah. yeah I'm not sure I, I mean I'm suggesting I mean Callington's reserves uh, always difficult to know what is well they're both reserve sides obviously Difficult to know what they're going to have uh, in the lineups, but I've gone for yeah. Tavistock 3 2. Well, I've gone 3 1, mate. All right. Going 3 1 for that one. Okay. Combo, just against Penryn. Oh, yeah, we mentioned that earlier, didn't we? That's a, that's mm. a cracking game. Um, I think there might be goals there, Dave. Um, especially if Steve Kerno's got his, you know, strikers, Ashley, Ashley Ellis and Jack Willis, mate, are there. It's worth goals and. Obviously, Penryn are full of goals. Um, I'll go 4-2 Penryn, mate. 4-2 Penryn. Yeah, I think it'd be goals. Right. I'm going to go 2-2. Oh. Yeah, good <laughs> well, Tough place, off, mate, isn't it? Not often we go for draws, but... Uh... No, it's not my first one, I think, <laughs> mate, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> OK, <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. Dutchy. And uh, no, there aren't that many games in the Dutchie League this Saturday, so that's why I've gone down to um, Division Four. St. Yeah. Clear at home to Bude Town. Now, Bude Town, uh, the only unbeaten side in that division, played eight, won mm -hmm. seven. Um, 
St. Clair mid-table, but I'm going to go 4-0 Bew. 4-0, mate, yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to look at the league table. I, I've, I've actually gone 5-2 Bew, mate. 5-2. 5-2. Right. Yeah. yeah. For the junior football, it's got to be a couple of goals, I think, mate. Yeah, I would thought so. <laughs> right, and the last one for today, um, Trelawney Division 1. And uh, who's this? Morning Reserves against Lanner. Your turn. Oh, <laughs> oh God, mate. Um, <coughs> threw me out a bit on that one, mate. <laughs> um, Both mid-table, Morning 6th, Lanner 7th. Um, oh, to choose between them, ain't it? Both on 20 points, though. Yeah. Very similar records. 3-2 Morning. 3-2 Morning. <laughs> Morning, yeah, yeah, I'm actually going to go four-one morning. Four-one, okay, mate. Lano's recent record not too brilliant, whereas morning, well, they've only lost the one in the last six games. So, um, yeah. that's some good players at morning over the years, though, haven't they? Former lads, yeah. ex-former players and Penryn players. Yeah, actually, just <laughs> thinking about it, um, that's a difficult one for morning reserves isn't it because they can't get promoted because obviously the first team's in the Premier um, exactly. so they have to obviously play to win but uh, no matter how good they are they can't go up yeah must be um, must be weird in the back of your mind like this. I mean obviously you're still going to go to win the league and in the cups and everything mate but knowing you can't get promoted is yeah I don't know mate really I don't know how I feel about that really yeah <laughs> Never really thought about Unless it. Unless Morning obviously win the Trelawney Premier, mate. Um, yeah, although didn't they win it a couple of years ago and decided yeah. not to go up? I think they did, mate, didn't they? They've had, they definitely had some great sides over the last few years, mate. I think they did, yeah. I think you're, you're right there, mate. I mean, it's not a bad setup at Morning, mate. I don't know how long ago you've, you've been there, like Dave, but, you know, it's, it's quite. I wouldn't have thought it, it would be far off. Combination. I mean, they got their own clubhouse there and everything, don't they? And you yeah. know, little little walk across the cricket pitch to the football pitch. Maybe it's a, it's a decent sort of decent pitch, mate, and a nice setup. So I would have thought it's you know, apart from maybe not having the sort of railings around, mate, as they say, you know, yeah. it might be, have to be roped off like sort of pair and well or something. But I would have thought they they're quite capable of. Going up, mate. Yeah, although possibly they didn't want to because they actually won it last season, came top, and um, the teams that went up into the combo was Wendron and Lizard Argyle. So, um, yeah, so it's as, right, yeah. as recent yeah. as that. So, uh, obviously, they've yeah. got their own reasons for doing so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, last interview for today, and um, well, this is one that you have to feel sorry well not sorry that's not the right word but you have to have sympathy I think for Andy Avery manager of sticker uh, in the Peninsula League it's been a tough time for Andy um, but he still he still sounds up for it uh, I spoke to him earlier in the week yes been a very tough season um, <laughs> probably the hard, hardest I've ever experienced in football and unfortunately I've got to believe it's going to carry on that until the season's finished Oh dear, I don't like the sound of that much. No. I mean, um, I, I was going to say, looking at Saturday, you got Lance and they're just one place above you. I, I was hoping to say that, could this be the game? But by the sounds of it, um, possibly not. 
Um, yeah, I, I still have hope it'll be the game. You know, the the lads that I've got that are being loyal to us, um, you know, are still trying to be as positive as we can. Unfortunately, when we find ourselves in the situation we have this year with the amount of players we've lost um, and for some reason not being able to attract new faces in, um, it's been hard for, you know, so-called players to take and even some of those that have stayed loyal to us um, for a good period over the last three to four weeks have even started drifting themselves and trying to get lads to be um, committed to football at the moment seems to be the hardest thing to do. And I suppose the weather isn't helping. Um, we had such a horrendous run of fixtures, it felt for us early in the season, um, that the results obviously didn't come our way. And at the moment, yeah, it's, it's been very hard trying to even get a team on the pitch over recent weeks. And we've got three games, I think, coming up over Christmas. And at the moment, my priority is to make sure we have a side out to be able to get a team on the pitch at the moment. Um, and then from there, I try and work out how we can t- contest in each game. Because, mm, I mean, I see your, your seconds are doing well, aren't they? But I, I assume it's not a case of just pinching players from them almost. We have a situation in our club, unfortunately, where our second team are junior football. Mm. And the first team obviously being a senior status. Now, I, I, I presume you're obviously very aware of those rules. Mm. For a lot of people who don't realise that you cannot use second teamers more than twice because then if you do multiples of that, they cannot then play for the second team for a period of 21 days. What we are trying to do this season with the situation we found ourselves in is to try and help the second team be promoted to a senior status of football so that Sticker Football Club then has two teams playing senior football. Obviously, then meaning that we can lend players from first team to second team with no worry of who plays for what team at any one point. Right. Um, and that's the hardest thing we're trying to do this year. We've, you know, many years ago, our second team pulled out of football and then they've restarted from Dutchie 5 and they managed to get the, get the way right back up to the Dutchie Premier. And there are some good young footballers there. Um, and all of them are keen to help us out and play. And some of them want to step up. Um, they're using this season as that sort of stepping stone. And then hopefully next summer, a good handful of those will take that step up. But as a club, finding ourselves in this junior, uh, senior junior situation is quite hard to take when we need to borrow players. And there are players there that want to play for us. But if we use them, we then penalise our second team and a chance of promotion that they've got at the moment. Right, and of course, I suppose in one way, you as the first team, you've got a almost a breather this season, haven't you? In the sense of because of the restructuring, uh, one is assuming you won't. Uh, well, one is assuming you'll still be in the Peninsula League next season. Uh, yes, um, we, we have got that so-called breather. It's not anything that we'd even planned on using this season. Um, mm. We hope to be more successful than what we have been. Unfortunately, we find ourselves in that situation and a lot of people keep saying, well, you've got the opportunity this year to rebuild, which I thought we had done in the close season. I thought we'd managed to get a group of younger players along um, to try and help those players that did stay after last season. Um, Unfortunately, for various reasons, a lot of those players have been frustrated. Maybe they thought that they would come to maybe more of a successful side and weren't willing to give it the chance to to breed themselves into football. And they've then moved on to other clubs, you know, um, I, I don't know, maybe the breed of footballer is a little bit different to my day when I was coming through um, and trying to stick by a team for a whole season and see how it went. I think it's, it's too easy these days sometimes for people to just move from one club to the other looking for success mm-hmm. rather than being willing to try and build it themselves. It, it also seems too easy for 
presumably younger players, just to say, oh, I can't be bothered with this, I'm packing up. Uh, yes, that's that's the one which really does bug me as a manager. You know, we we try. I don't think anybody appreciates what time and effort does go into doing the things behind the scenes, and especially me more so this season than any, any I've had. Um, when when you literally hear of a player, some of the excuses that you have for not getting to training, or actually I'm not going to play no more because I'm not enjoying my football, and you kind of question, well, have you been? trying to make yourself a better player? Are you listening to the tactics we're trying to employ? And if you've taken all that on and you then don't want to play football, I understand it, but to just walk away because results maybe aren't as positive as what everybody wants them to be, it's quite hard when, you you know, you, we are trying to rebuild at our club um, this season with the, the team that we've got or the, the players that have actually got left. But yeah, quite at the moment, it just seems to be too easy for anybody to walk away. Um, like I say, I have got a handful of loyal players and I'm completely grateful for them because I just think where I'd be without them at the moment. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if you actually look at your results, sir, if you, if you take away the, the two Argyle games, you know, those were 9-0 and 11-0, if you, t- if you take those two out, you've, you've not really had too many majorly heavy defeats though, have you? No, we haven't. Um, and if you look at a lot of the score lines, even though there's quite a few of maybe four and fives in there, good periods into the game, the score was one or two nil. And it was only sort of come later stages in the game where maybe heads have gone a little bit that we conceded a few late goals. Some of it is potentially you can blame myself. We haven't been able to get more than 11 to 12 players to some matches. So then when you get late on in the game and you need fresh legs, we haven't had it. We've had numerous, I think we've had four games now with players sent off, which you then down to 10 men. And if you're already losing 2-0 potentially at that time with that 10th or down to 10 men, then it makes it even more of a struggle in the games. You know, and that's been something else that's cost us on a few games now. We've got a lad who's been suspended now for three games for what we actually believe was a foul on him. And instead, he's now three game suspension. And the impact that has on me, you know, when we're desperately trying to find players, is, you know, it's been quite hard to take as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, our, our results, you know, obviously you look at them and you see there's a lot of defeats in there. But in some of the games, we've done really well um, knitting new teams together or new players into the same team week after week. I think if you look back over our records, I think the year we won Peninsula West, we used 18 players in total. So, so far, we've already used 38. Oof. Right. You know, and we've got we're still into the teens left, the fixtures left to go. Yeah. So it shows what a struggle it is, and it also shows for me when you're winning, players' availability and willing to play through injury, they will do it and they will stick through it. However, when you're losing, some players tend to take the easy route of saying, "I'm injured this week, I can't make it," and you know, then we find ourselves in the situation we are at the moment. So. It all sounds um, a hard job at the moment. I mean, what keeps you going personally? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I Apart from being don't. mad, <laughs> I, you know, you know what what keeps me going is the the players that do stay loyal. I don't think they deserve to be left in the lurch. Mm. Um, and also the committee that I have at Sticker. You know, I've been there ten years now. Um, it's a fantastic club, and, and this is what I don't think some people really do realise, what goes on behind the scenes. There are absolutely brilliant people running the Sticker Football Club, and they just deserve to be looked after as much through the pitch, you know, by myself, trying to replicate what we're trying to do as a football club. Um, and, yeah, we kind of stick loyal by it, but I will be honest at the moment, yes, it is very tough. Um, but, <laughs> strangely, my enjoyment is still there. I still look forward to a Saturday. has 
ever hard as it is in a week trying to get a team together and believe me recently it is very hard um through you know recent things we just discussed then yeah. but yeah you know we, we keep going we're i think if we get all our fixtures in by christmas i think we've then got nine fixtures left between january and april um and you know it's a, it's a horrible thing to say that we're just trying to see the season out, but that is how it feels at the club at the moment. Yeah. Um, trying to see through getting tier players on the pitch because we don't want to let the league down. We don't want to let the club down. And then, you know, hopefully the club, you know, from this sort of process on can now start looking to rebuild for next season um, with younger players trying to take that step up. But we do appreciate that even if we build a new squad for next season full of younger players, at this level, it's very hard to get those players to play well together and to build them as a team and a squad. And it takes time and it and it needs those players to understand that it takes time and it's not going to happen in five or ten games. It's going to take a season to gel and get competitive and become stronger and do the right things on the pitch to make you a better team. OK, well, well thanks for being so, so honest and truthful, <laughs> Andy. I mean, you, you could have told me a, a, a different story as such and, and be, you know, a sort of... Uh, hard done by stories but it sounds as if you're working hard I mean I know that Sticker as a club the committee is one of the most hard working ones in in the county and you've got a brilliant surface there haven't you at Berngale? Oh we have and you know that, that that's um I think that's the worst thing for me when we, we turn up on a Saturday and we know our pitch and we try and we try to play it the best way you can and the opposition turn up and they look at the pitch and they just gives them an extra little lift you know, I think we played Columpton the other day. The weather was horrendous. They looked at one of the lads said to me, I really don't want to be here. I don't want to come. I didn't want to travel this far. He walked on the pitch and he just said to me, that's a change of mind. Now I'm up for my game. <laughs> you know, the, the, the picture sticker is brilliant. You know, we've got a game this week against Launceston. It will be on. I'm, you know, I'm 100% certain it will be on. Um, and, you know, that's all credit to what goes on behind the scenes. You know, they won a national award recently for the work that goes on on the pitch itself. Um, and yeah, it's just it is just a really good club, you know. When when you just sort of said about trying to be honest, that, that's just the way I, I try and be about the football, you know. I'm I'm as disappointed in this season as anybody at the club, um, and you know I take a lot of that brunt onto myself. It's my responsibility to get a team on the pitch, and for whatever reason at the moment we're struggling very hard with that. Um, but I suppose that's possibly the process of football. Every club. I look at it this way, every club has a high and then at some point you have a low. And over recent seasons up until now, we've been on an absolute massive high as a club. Um, we brought through a group of lads that came through at a very similar time and they built a good team spirit together. And they got the performances and the results from it. And as a club, we've benefited from that. You know, the, the funding that was then put in our position by getting promoted to step six has been fantastic. And it's given the club facilities that they probably never thought they would have at some point. Um, and if it's now a case of being realistic and being honest about it and trying to get some fresh blood into the club, then that's what we have to do. Mm. And one final question, and it regards the committee more so, really. I mean, obviously that, that you and, and the team did ever so well. You're winning games, you're winning promotion, you're winning cups. Um, are the committee still right behind you in, in as much as did they think you were going to you know, do a lot better in the Premier or have they now realised actually there is a step between the Division 1 West and the Premier Division? Uh, we'll find out tonight. I'm going to a committee meeting. <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> First one of the season, prepping up for the... Well, we say prepping up for next season. Um, I, th I think our, our, our committee are very realistic. Um, we, we know 
they they know who they are and they know where the club has come from to get to where it is and you know um there's been various conversations lately about obviously this new league structure that is potentially going ahead next year and obviously at the moment it's a little bit up in the air nobody quite knows what's happening and how many teams are moving from each division but as as we sort of said um someone sticker deserves to be in this league because we've done it the right way we got promoted mm. off our own back we won a league title We've gone up. Now, next year, obviously, a lot of teams will be thrown into the Peninsula Premier without actually having to achieve anything except finishing potentially, I believe, it's top six or top eight in the league. Mm. You know, we, we've got there and we've done it the realistic way. We went up knowing it would be potentially hard. Um, probably didn't feel this season it would be this hard because last year, I felt we achieved quite well last year. We, we picked up as the season went on. We had some disappointing results along the way. Uh, where we felt we could have done better. And that's the same this year. You know, we've dropped a lot of points in games this year where we probably could have come out of something, but we just lacked that little bit of experience and a little bit of knowledge at times to have actually seen a game through. Um, and I suppose the committee may be slightly shocked at where we are this year, but they're also very realistic. And they've seen, they've seen that we are trying. And, they, you know, we, we've not gone onto the pitch and just played a tactic of trying to boot it along and trying to get in behind against the uh, sides. And, you know, we're still trying to play football and maybe that's been our undoing. But at the end of the day, we like to play that way. I've always encouraged getting the ball down and trying to get it on the deck and playing football. And that's what we're still trying to do now. And if it's costing us goals, then, you know, that's me as a manager. I have to hold my hands up and say that's my fault. But I think the boys would rather try and play that way than play a way that doesn't suit us and be unsuccessful doing it as well. OK, well, well thanks, Andy, for talking to, to me and Cornish Soccer. And uh, we do really seriously, honestly, wish you a happy Christmas and a, and, <laughs> and a crack in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I do appreciate that, but with three games over Christmas, I, I do worry what my Christmas is going to be like. <laughs> oh, well, just looking at your fixtures, you got Lance on yeah. Saturday, then St Austell, Bodmin and Falmouth. So, uh, good Brilliant. luck. Yep, yep, it's not a problem at all. Let's bring it on. <laughs> okay. But, you know, no, yeah, no, we, we we take we take it as it comes, you know. And, and if the players learn each stage, if some of these youngsters can take something from the season and learn going ahead into football, then it'll only do them good as well. Your Cornish podcast. <laughs> Yeah, so that's Andy. Um, sounds as if he's working hard, rapper, but not really getting very far, doesn't it? Um, is it the players have let him down, do you think? Or, or how, how did you take it? Yeah, I mean, you've got to feel, you know, sorry for Avers, mate. I mean, he's great, great bloke, mate. Avers. I mean, great questions there, Dave, by the way, and, and brilliant answers from, from Avers, mate. I mean, really honest interviews. Mm. I think it's best interview I've heard for a long time that one I mean it makes perfect sense what he's saying you know to get the reserves promoted doesn't it with the restructuring and everything it must be difficult yeah. you know you can't really bring players up from music because there's a fair gap in there between you know Dutchy football and obviously South Western League Premier so it must be frustrating for Avers you know after running away with the West Division mate he's lost the likes of 30 or 40 goals from Jack Bowyer mate 25 to 30 for Matt Lloyd. I mean, the, the superb Martin Duff, mate, you know, I, I really rate, mate, as a mm. player. I mean, that's form of, you know, Westies sort of took advantage of, you know, Avery's misfortune on that one. And the experience of Mike Boddy as well, mate, retired. So, I mean, Avery's has lost a hell of a lot of good players, mate, any over the last season. Mm. 
That's right. So tough, tough going for him, but um, certainly sounds as if he's he's there for the duration, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Good, good to hear as well, Dave. Really, he's he's working hard and sticking with it because I mean, a fantastic club, and we've all seen how the facilities have progressed over the last couple of years with the stands and the you know the great floodlights. I mean, I'll go and watch them quite a bit, Dave. Obviously, not too far from me, and I can't be honest, mate. You know, half the time you've got three blokes on the forks, you know, replacing the divots, mate, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, some pro clubs, I'm not seeing that, I mean, the way they look after the pitch and, and everything, in fact, I think Avers is probably the most successful sticker manager, mate, since my father-in-law, mate, you know, Mike Penaligan, in yeah. the, I think he did the treble in the middle to late 80s, I think, mate, mm-hmm. so, I mean, Avers has had, I mean, he's done a great job winning the West Division, but... As you said, mate, you know, it's hard to bring in the quality of players that has left him, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. But, um, but you know, good luck to him and, and let's hope he keeps at it. And uh, I'm sure his hard work uh, will reap rewards as uh, this season and next season goes on. Um, I've got to say it, Rappo, we've uh, come to that stage where we've run out of time again. <laughs> Uh, Gary Lineker, mate. Gary Lineker, <laughs> we've run out of time. But um, that's it. I hope uh, you've all also uh, enjoyed today's Rappo and Deeks Friday fixture. And, of course, uh, Rappo, have a great Christmas. Oh, yes, Dave, yeah. It's the last one before Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. And yourself, mate, have a great Christmas. And um, and to all the listeners, thanks for listening. And, and uh, you know, have a, have a great day or a couple of days with the Boxing Day football, mate. Yeah, if you're playing though, not too much, not too much turkey on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I used to like the old Boxing Day games, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. Cheers, Dave. We wish you a merry Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas and a happy. Your Cornish 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 C